Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and freaks of all ages, we are listening to Geeks Explain It All. That's right, Geeks Will Explain It All. there welcome to and back to another fun-filled fact-filled trek-filled episode of geeks explain it all i'm your uh returning host never really went away but uh i know i know we've been uh, kind of missing in action and i do apologize on behalf of both myself and my co-host who is sitting across the table from me you know him you love him you just can't live without him d-dub how's it going folks but wait a minute Track filled? Track filled? Well, yeah, I know. Oh, and, well, here's the thing. I know last time, yes, we had a last time, that we said we were going to be doing a hate-filled episode with, you know, biggest, biggest D-bags in, in pop culture and all that. But, you know what? It was a pretty good holiday and we've got a new year going, and I kind of vented a lot with the Star Wars thing, so I'm kind of coming around to trying to be more positive, and I really, I don't want to be negative anymore, so we're, we're going to do something we love. This is one of the things that, that uh, D-Dub and I first bonded over 30 years ago, and, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get into that later, too, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just coming from a, you know more of a positive. I hate to be all new agey, but you know I really I want to do something that that is good. And uh, on a semi-related note, I wanted to acknowledge uh, the passing of some fellow podcasters of ours. It, it's come to our attention that Seven Days a Geek has, at least for you know the indefinite future, has shut down. And uh, we can can I do it? Can I do it? I've been rehearsing all week. Can I? You, you, oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, but we wanted to mention that they are temporary, at, at least for the time in indefinite future. They will be shutting down, and just wanted to say we outlasted you, mother. <laughs> okay. Now, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just going to laugh maniacally, but that works too. Okay. I'm so bleeping that, but God, that felt good. <laughs> well, just what you have to understand, folks. A couple of years ago, we were at uh, Mid Ohio Con, and we were actually in a um, podcast panel discussion. Yeah, exactly. And they had gone in there, and then afterwards, when they did their recap, made it sound as though they schooled everybody on all of this. And like, were we at the same panel? Uh, exactly. And. You know, really tried to give them benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm always up for new podcasts. Um, I find it gives me a definite idea of both what I want to listen to and what I want to put into our podcast. And we were talking about this off mic. I, I like the fact that we record on decent equipment and I can hear us distinctly. I don't sound like this. You know, I hear these people that sound that sound like they're recording in another room or something like that. And... It's just frustrating. But well, and, and the other thing, too, uh, one thing that drives me crazy about a lot of podcasts is when they get out there and they beg for donations. 
like for example, Seven Days a Geek. What did they or some of them? They'll say, "Well, it costs a hundred dollars a month to get this whole thing or keep this whole thing going." Yeah, and I'm and like, I'm, "How? What? Okay, you you don't know how to shop. <laughs> it cost it costs like, I mean, for for our hosting purposes, you know, it it basically is around sixty, and that gets us six months worth." Yeah, I mean, I, it. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we made the juke, the the, the juke, the joke that uh, that was to cover their booze money. It must, have and, been and I'm not like being that. insulting because they, by their own admission, they they did at least several episodes, you know, drunk off their asses. Which I'm sorry, you know, this is a labor of love for me and D Dub, but you know, we do try and put out a quality show, and we have talked extensively about this. We both feel doing this show you know, in intoxicated in any way is not giving you guys a quality show. As funny as we are when we're drunk, it just wouldn't be right. Well, and we are really funny when we're drunk. Well, and, <laughs> and of course, you know, at least in my case, I, I don't even drink anymore. So my, uh, in-laws got me a case of Killian for Christmas because they, they just don't understand geek culture. So they, they have no idea what else to get me. I guarantee you that 12 pack of Killian is going to last me pretty much all year. Well, just to just to give you an idea, we um, we had some people over a couple of Christmases ago, and mm. they brought some beer with them. Okay, it's still got it. Still don't in you? the fridge. Yeah, I know. I mean, I had gotten somebody got me, or no, we were somewhere, and they they know that I I like root beer. I mean, good root beer. Oh, okay. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like Virgil's root beer. Actually. I really don't like Virgil's, but really, s- s- I've heard some wonderful thing. things about it. it. It's really not my thing. Okay, I, I mean, I've tried any number of them, and there's a couple that I really like, and a couple. Can you can so you much. name a recommendation? Because I haven't had a good root beer in a long time. It's one of those things. If I saw the label, I'd know it. Gotcha. Um, Do they have root beer home breweries? Like like um, well, micro actually, root beers? Actually, there's a place in Solon. It's called the Rusty Bucket. Heard of it? Yeah. Okay. It's actually, I guess there's a couple of these around. Okay. But they actually had root beer on tap. Wow. Now, Solon for me is a little bit more of a haul than it used to be, so I haven't been there probably in a year. But, um, yeah, but. My my wife is actually a huge root beer fan, and she's always complaining that, you know, not, nothing ever tastes good to her anymore. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and hook well, her up somebody, with that. Somebody got me some. It was like uh, salted caramel root beer or something like that. And I remember trying like a butterscotch root beer. Interesting. They, they, I mean, I'm not even. They made it sound, I'm not even just saying that to, to be condescending. It, it sounds interesting. Well, the way it was packaged, they made it sound like it was a witch's brew or a, a wizard. Uh, well, brew, they you know, all butter beer type thing. Oh, okay. And I've never read the books or that, but I get the reference. Okay. But anyway, to get back around to what I was talking about at the beginning, because my point, and I do have one, is uh, <laughs> thank you, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> The only thing she's ever done that I thought was funny. But anyway. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to finding Dory, believe it or not. I, I love Nemo, and I, I'm looking forward to finding Dory. All right. But um, somebody got me this stuff. It's called Not Your Father's Root Beer. Oh, okay. Heard of that, too. I tried this. I literally took about three three draws off of it, and I had to dump it. It is wow. so ungodly icky sweet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. So Trek. Movies. Contact info. Contact info. Okay. Now, uh, 
you know, we were taping the the secret layer, and I nailed it on the first try. And I I am just completely brain dead right now, so I'm I'm gonna bounce that one back to you for now because I don't I don't want to embarrass myself any further. Geeks explain it all at gmail.com. and of course you can find us on iTunes, which is probably where you found us, or Beyond Pod for your Android devices, and go to your podcast stuff for your Windows phone. And guess what? There we are. And please, please, please leave us uh, feedback. We, we're we're slowly finally uh, finally starting to get some interesting feedback from different fans, and we want to keep the momentum going. So, speaking of which, ah, see what I did there? Yeah, uh, we have some feedback, and I am going to give this one over. I'm going to give this one over to you, Strat. Okay. This is from our good buddy, Trevor Rookert, or as you call uh, Tater. He's the Tater. He's the Tater. Okay. Now, this was sent back in November, so um, uh, Trevor, if you're, if you're listening to this, yeah, we got off our asses. Okay. Hi there. I typed this with a grin on my face as I imagine the look of absolute horror on Dito's face as he reads the sender line. Yeah, I can see that. That's right, old man. It's Taser. Okay, is it Taser or Tater? Okay. Got to tell you a story about okay. this. Um, there's those who know that I auditioned for Who Wants to Be a Superhero. Yes, and which is where you met a lot of the I uh, met a lot of them. And interesting yes, people that we've come to know and love. And he, he's Taser. But, for, but we had a, a message board at one point, and we had a caption, a caption contest. Okay. And they... He posted a picture of that, and I said, "Oh, look! It's ten pounds of ta- ten pounds of taters and a five pound sack man." At which point, we shortened that up to tater. Oh, and, okay. And at the time, and this is going to really sound stupid, I didn't even realize that tater and taser were only one letter. Oh, long. so that's a happy coincidence. Happy coincidence. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was a deliberate mispronunciation or something. No, 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 no. It's just oh, happy- okay. All right. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask you that for like months now. That's right, old man, it's Taser, and guess what? I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, yep, I'm not touching you, smiley face. Like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. Well, I'll tell you what, he's got He's got one of those voices that's actually, it's almost built for podcasting. It's got, it's kind of deep, but it's distinctive, so. Um, Trevor, if you're, if you're interested in... Uh, Giving you know inputting into the show in any way either either live or recorded, please let us know. We we love that stuff. Yeah, I actually did have him on uh, before we changed formats on the other show a long long time ago. Oh, that was him. That was him. He oh, was the one that was talking I'm gonna have about. To go- he was the one that was talking about getting his book published. And now, if if our fans wanted to go back and check that out, how would they do that? <laughs> Because I would, wish, I would love to go back and revisit that classic episode. A wish and a prayer, because I don't think it's out there anymore. Okay. Because what I started doing was reformatting a lot of them into the new format. But, uh, yeah, he had actually did, let me see. He had a book that was on for the Kindle store. And it, I believe it had to do with uh, Christmas ghost stories. So we actually did a discussion about that sort of stuff. But continue. Now to business. I've been listening to the show for many moons. In fact, D-Dub can usually tell when I'm listening because I text him comments at random. I figured, That he does. I figured this time I would send some official feedback so that Strat can feel a little bit of vindication. Which Strat loves, vindication. 
Since I am currently listening to the Star Wars hate episode, I guess I'll start there. On the subject of Ewoks, I guess I enjoyed them as a child, but as I matured, I realized that the Imperial Stormtroopers, who were supposed to be one of the most elite fighting forces, was taken out by a bunch of teddy bears. So I'm not a big Ewok fan. Random trivia. There there were two standalone Ewok movies, The Ewok Adventure and The Ewoks Battle for Endor. I, I do remember both of those. Didn't see them, but I remember them. I also am not particularly fond of the prequel trilogy, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Um, Revenge of the Sith, of course, being a mirror for Return of the Jedi. Jar Jar Binks needs to be murdered. I firmly believe that they called Darth Vader Annie instead of Anakin because he was such a whiny girl throughout the prequels. I could see that. Honestly, the only cool parts of the prequels were the lightsaber duels. Another random fact, Vader is a Dutch word for father. Boy, this this guy just is is uh, oozing trivia, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And I mean that in a good way. No, fascinating guy to talk to. That being said, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I grew up watching the movies at Christmas for several years. I love the original trilogy, and though I understand your points, I must politely disagree. That doesn't mean I try to force others into Phantom, though. My wife has never seen any Star Wars movie. She argues that they couldn't even start to live up to the hype, which I understand. Yeah, I, I could see that, too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes Phantom is like certain parts of the anatomy. It's fine that you have one, but it's considered rude to wave it in someone's face. Oh, preach, brother, preach. Pausing for a moment to let the old man catch his breath. Oh, we'll need more than that. Now, since I've covered most of the comments on this topic, I would gladly go over more episodes next time, particularly the Superman ask, Superman episode, Ask D-Dub. I love me some Superman. Oh, he does. He was listening to it and texting uh, corrections and oh, and comments. Hey, we, we, we say it's fact-filled. You get to pick out the facts. <laughs> Never let the facts get in the way of a good story. That's what makes it interactive. Though, I do have a couple suggestions for other episodes before I go. Uh, number one, Stephen King, either the books, the movies, or a combination thereof. Um, I'm sort of a, a I'm, uh, for the most part, I'm still a Stephen King fan, although the man hasn't written a good ending in at least, at least since his accident. Uh, number two, pulp magazines and detective radio shows. Not really my wheelhouse, but I would be willing to do some research on that. Uh, number three, Christopher Lee. I think we could do a whole show on Christopher Lee. Have you ever heard Christopher Lee's uh, metal albums? Yes, I have. Very nice stuff. Almost as good as Pat Boone. <laughs> uh, number four, Lord of the Rings. Now, I, I forget. Are you not a fan of Lord of the Rings? or, or... Uh, As far as the movies, I saw part of the first one, and it was just so drawn out that I couldn't go past it. And the... Uh, and the books, I started reading them, but it was so draw, so drawn out I couldn't get past it. Okay. Well, that may be way down the road then. Uh, enjoy, and thanks for an entertaining show, guys. I love listening to it. Taser, P.S. I'm still not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough comedy jokes. So... Oh, thank yeah. you, well, thank you for that, Trevor. That I'm sure we're all better people for having listened to that bit of input from you. No, actually, in all seriousness, thank you so much. Um, we got very excited when we saw it. 
Well, and like like I told you earlier, yeah, he had uh, contacted uh, us on Facebook and like, where's the new episodes? Like, okay, well, you're listening to one. Shut up. Well, you know, I know, <laughs> I know, he, I know he was in one of the Carolinas, and I think he just moved to Tennessee. But you know, <laughs> you're making him a man sound named like a man named Tater moving to Tennessee. Wow, it just writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> But when you were doing that, you made him sound like Walter Brennan. <laughs> well. Real McCoys. Anyway, anyway, so Trek movies, yes. We knew where we were going. Trek movies, like throwing the ring in the what thing of fire, right? That's a hell of a Trek. Uh, no, actually, Star Trek movies. Oh, well, I'm glad you clarified that. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, we we done a we touched in the Trek universe uh, a couple times. Uh, Trek being one of the main things that that as I said, uh, D Dub and I bonded over Lolo's many years ago, and it was interesting that uh, the thing the the Trek movie, the Star Trek movie, I should say, that uh, started the whole movie franchise uh, really kind of sucked. Well, you know, the other day I did what I called the Robert Wise Mini Marathon. Okay. I watched The Day the Earth Stood Still. All right. But I watched it after. The original. Yes. The only. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Clock two, brother. Nick two. But anyway. um, Yeah, I watched that. But before I watched that, I watched... Star Trek: The Motion Sickness. I mean, uh, picture. No, it's pretty much acknowledged. I think. I think. He, I think even the chat calls it the motion sickness at this point because it, it it was great. It was great for what it it wanted to do, not so much what it actually did, because it it brought the franchise back, mm-hmm. which was a nice thing, and. It definitely gave, I think, the let's say the, the you know the creative team, and I'm including the actors on that. It, it gave them a good blueprint for what not to do with Star Trek II, is is yeah. how I look at it. Now I I will say this, when I I just watched it, like I said, I watched it before I watched the day the Earth stood still. Okay, and what I watched was the director's cut. They All redid right. some of the special effects. And I had no problem with the special effects. They were they were just there were too many of them. It was not well. At least this version, it tightened it up a little bit. And at least even as you got toward the end, where the thing was actually around, hovering above Earth, right? They cleaned up that special effect, and it made a little more sense. No. Did it did it make it seem because I haven't seen this I've heard of it but did it make it seem like more of a threat like more of an actual antagonist well, if you will my one of my big problems over the years watching the movie was the whole cloud thing the fact that it's this big cloud yeah because it's, and it's sort just, of there and then then it goes away and it's like okay what well, actually happened I couldn't here really I couldn't really wrap my head around what V'ger actually was. Okay. Just in in concept, you know, you see the Enterprise, you know the Enterprise. It looks like the Enterprise. Right. This thing just seemed to, I don't know if big, you want Big, to, bright space cloud, yeah. Yeah, and at least in the director's cut where they cleaned it up a little bit, 
you get a little bit more of an idea of what they were trying to go for. I think I think one of the, well, besides all the obvious problems, I think the special effects were actually too good on it because they made it they made it very bright looking, and therefore it looked like it was supposed to be. To me, it looked like it was supposed to be kind of a good thing. It didn't look menacing. It looked like this, like heaven, well, you know, the, kind of a thing. Well, and the other thing... Maybe is, I'm over-reading that, but... All right. This is supposed to be... The way I kind of understood it, and I don't remember if I read this in the novelization that supposedly was written by Roddenberry. I, God, I remember reading that years ago. But, okay, all of this cloud and the energy is supposed to be based on information. It's a machine doing all of this. Yes. And yet at so many points everything just appeared so random the way it was done. Looked in places a little too organic. Oh, so it was an early version of Windows. <laughs> okay. He's, he's processing that when he's like, God damn, I want to... <laughs> I want to poke holes in that logic, but it's, it's no. I was trying to. I was trying to think of a witty comeback, and it just wasn't happening. Um, but again, you know, you would think everything would be much more neat and orderly, right? But it's not. And the thing basically digitized uh, these warbird, these Klingon warships, as right. well as this Epsilon Nine space station. Mm-hmm. And there, in there, as Spock goes in through the undulating thing right and goes up to where it had digitized Ilea and Ilea is enormous compared to everything else okay could that be because it was more recent I don't know but he goes up and he decides to mind meld with this glowing thing well anyway yeah it, it like I said I I think of it as a great no, not a great. It, a, a decent first attempt at a Trek movie. It was, it, you know, they had been talking about reigniting the the franchise, so to speak, for a number of years before, even before Star Wars revived sci-fi as we know. And I, I will give Star Wars credit. You know, there after you look at the the wasteland between when the original Trek was canceled and when Star Wars came along really kind of a, a vast wasteland in ter- yeah. in terms of on yeah. screen either tv or movies so i always give star wars credit that's the one thing i will give it credit for is okay sci-fi suddenly was cool again yeah now though leading up to this they actually were in the process they were working on a show they were going to call star trek phase two right now, when they saw how Star Wars was doing, it's my understanding, they saw how Star Wars was doing, they decided to go big screen with it. Right. And then they were able to get Nimoy back, because Nimoy was not going to be part of Phase 2. Well, I am not Spock and all that, which right. I I will say, you know, obviously, God rest his soul and all that, but I, I am so glad that Nimoy was able to come full circle and embrace the fandom after turning his nose up at it for a number of years, I, I was glad he was able to finally come back to it and acknowledge that, okay, you know what? No one would know me from Adam were it not for this show. I have right. I have to give something back to the fans. So he finally got, got into the whole thing. You know, looking, I can see, yeah. 
So I, I, that that really made me happy. I I don't like it. Like m- maybe this will happen in, in with um, Christopher Eccleston and Doctor Who one day. I, I mean, I I've heard the stories of why he left, but at the moment he's kind of got his nose up in the air at the whole thing, and I'm I'm not really happy about that. Well, that's just me. But anyway, it is what it is. There. But as I said, it brought the franchise back. Uh, getting back to a point you had just made, you know, they decided to go big screen with this, and uh, supposedly that's why the costumes were all changed because the um, the green, blue, and red uniforms, from what I was told, did not look good. Um, green. Well. Well, there were. Well, no. Um, gold, gold, red, and blue. But, well, no, Kirk's Kirk's one yeah. wraparound thing was yeah. green. And you know why he wore the wraparound one? No idea. To hold his belly in. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't that usually show up like at least halfway through the season? Yeah. Where he start wearing that because he'd come back and he'd be in shape. And, yeah. I, when, I, when I think of original series Jim Kirk... That is my default uniform for him. Yeah, yeah. The, the not more the, more the green than the gold. I don't know why. I, I think he appeared more in the gold, but for some reason, if if you have me come up with a, a mental picture of of Kirk from the original series, the green tunic is the one I, I in my mind is my default position. I don't know. That's fine. But uh, yeah, they they went with all these earth tones, like these beiges and grays, and very I got, bland. I gotta say it, and hippies. Go ahead. Well, space PJs is is what a lot of it. I, I mean, am I right or am I wrong? It, it, that's what it looked like to me. It did, but one thing that they did, they did. I don't know if you want to call it an homage or a throwback. When they actually stepped out of the ship, they all had on like the. Uh, um, the jackets, yeah, which they didn't use at all during Kirk's time, but in the original, the cage, they had jackets that were very similar to that. Oh my god, yeah, I never made that connection. See, even I can learn things. Um, no, I never realized that, but yeah, the, the color's a little off, but the design, you're right, mm-hmm. I never noticed that. Wow, cool. All right. Now, when they resurfaced in the next movie, they really looked badass. Well, and now, we full disclosure here. Um, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and, and I, I don't mean to m- make anybody, least of all you, uncomfortable, but Star Trek II is mine and D-Dub's bromance movie. The, the, this movie symbolizes our friendship towards each other, D-Dub and I have known each other. We've known each other longer than we've not known each other. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, D-Dub and I are usually hard-pressed to remember a time when we didn't know each other. That's how long we've known each other. And, um, you know, for a time in the 80s, we were rooming together. And there, that movie we watched a number of times, both um, intoxicated and other and not intoxicated. Yep. And... Um, that's that's our movie, man, and um, I think I not sh- I think I mentioned to you, um, I 
I went by my mother's for Christmas, which I hadn't done in a long time. Like, I think you mentioned it. And I had I had had a falling out with with my mom and the rest of my family. And over the last year and a half, we basically a lot of water under the bridge. We started mending fences. She invited us over, and when we were opening gifts, she. Uh, had actually gotten me an ornament of the um, the death scene from Star Trek Two, and I was just like, I, I literally was getting choked up because a it's a well it's a well done piece, and I've seen it. You don't like it? Oh no no no! Far from. Oh, oh I was it. gonna say I I, I I I went to several places trying to get one. So let me understand this. I have something you don't. That's almost without yep. precedent. <laughs> well, we well, what was funny? I went to a Hallmark store and saw this thing. Okay, and I'm literally going through every box on the shelf trying to find one. Yeah, I've done that. And then we go back to this store like a week later, and they sold the display. Probably to my mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but you know. No, I, I said I literally opened this up, and I'm just I. Anybody that's known me for more than five seconds knows I, I, I have a, a I have a comment for everything. It's, it's just in my nature. And I literally was dead stunned silence for uh, about 15 minutes. I just kept looking at it. And um, finally, both both my mom and my wife and my daughter were all like, are, are you okay? I'm like, and I'm just kind of like, no, this is this is really cool. Thank you. And, and everyone just, and every they were coming up to me later. And said, did you really like it? And I'm like, yeah, I did. I just wasn't expecting it. It it hit me in the gut emotionally in a way which I hadn't been hit in in the gut emotionally like that in a long, long time. And it, it the the given the festivities of the day and family and all that, it it really left me with a great feeling. For for the first time in a long time on Christmas, so okay. Well, that's me. That's me getting too sentimental. But uh, the movie itself is just amazing. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. There's nothing wrong with it. I I, cha- I challenge anybody. I mean, I I to this day cannot watch this movie and get to the end of it and not get choked up. Oh, I know. I'm the, I'm the same. That's that's kind of why. I'm glad they don't run it a lot because I. It's one of those. It's one of those movies, and we've talked about this phenomenon before, where you know you're 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 going through channels on you know on cable or Netflix or whatever, and all of a sudden you you see it, and okay, that's it. I'm done for the next two hours because I'm watching this freaking movie. You have to watch. It. You have to watch it. We this, again. This is the one movie out of the one thing out of Trek that you and I are both. Like I said, like I said, I, I don't mean to be. Uh, overly sentimental or are uncomfortable, but that that's our bromance movie. That that sums up our friendship. And if you see it, you'll you'll know exactly the type of friends that D Dub and I have well, been now, all these years. Here's the question: Which of us is Kirk, and which one's Spock? Uh, that's always a matter for debate. Depends on what day of the week it is. Get that? That's also a very good answer for it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that movie it it's great as a standalone although it's the first part of a trilogy as we as we come right, to know it right 
And um, now, this, okay, so let's move on from that just for, for a moment. Let's move on to um, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Now, I, and the reason I want to move on just temporarily at least is because I want to bring up this supposed curse. Oh, the odd-numbered one? The odd-numbered curse. And I want to say that I, I think that's a fabrication. I really don't think that the odd-numbered movies are as bad as everyone says. With, of course, except for Star Trek Generations. That sucks. Well, Star Trek Generations, technic. Oh, no, that was seven. Well, actually, our, our friend JB, he always cracks me up because when you talk about Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon, <laughs> it's like, give me Genesis. No. Okie doke. Yeah. That joke never gets tiring. But I remember a few years back I was kind of trying to introduce my daughter to the Trek franchise. And I, I started with the movies because at the time. They were probably more accessible. They were Well, they were being shown on cable. The actual original, the, the, the TV shows, I would want to show her more or less from the beginning. And it's really hard pre-Netflix, it's hard to get in on that cycle. Yeah. So they were showing the movies, and, and um, I started with Trek 2, and I, she almost didn't like Trek 2 for the simple fact that I was hyping it so much. Star Wars syndrome. Yeah. I'm okay. just, Like, every every little scene, I'm like, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And finally she's like, Dad, it's it's okay. You can you can settle down now. Um, you don't understand. This is Star Trek. This, yeah, this is the movie. This is it. It just ne- it, it never got better than this. It got really good for for periods of time, but th- there's, this movie is just sure perfection. This is this is the pinnacle of Star Trek. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, but Star Trek Three, I want to say, is not as bad as people have given it a reputation for. I think. Well, three three as well as the Voyage Home, they had a completely different feel to them. And, it, and it's really of, it's that's exactly right, and it's very unfair to judge the two based on how good Trek Two is. It, it, they were a different, both a different type of movie, right? Because I mean, let I mean, Star Trek Three was a caper film. Yes, yeah. That, wow, I never thought about that, but yeah, it's it's a caper film. Yeah, and you know what's funny because talking about caper films i did not get the opportunity to see ant-man in the theaters i i did not either i I saw it on on my own and i i actually liked it well um but the way my son described it is it's a caper film yeah which is where i got that well plus it had evangeline lily who i've I've you know i didn't recognize her for the for the first half hour of the film finally i'm like who is that well I've I've really enjoyed her since Lost. It's the only part of Lost that I really, and I only watched oh her Lost. her in that dark tank top. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, ma'am. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, please. Caper film. Caper film. Um, yeah, and and I'll go. I'll take it a step farther. There's one stickler stickler point for me for many years that I finally managed to get over was uh, Robin Curtis. Now I've I've reevaluated her performance in that, and you know she's basically a glorified cameo in in Trek Four. Yeah, but you know what? She ain't that bad. My my only complaint with her 
aside from the fact that she was in Kirstie Alley, was... Uh, you, you, you forgot the, the word then at the end of that sentence. <laughs> oh, well... Because Kirstie Alley now, well, I, I I would not want her playing Savic. No, 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 but um, it's, she just always seemed a little too stiff. Uh, maybe she did not play it the same way Kirstie Alley did because, you know, all actors and actresses are going to bring something different to the role. But I took it as, um, okay, supposedly she is, you know, a Vulcan-Romulan hybrid. And I felt in Trek 2, she was doing more of the the Romulan thing, hot-blooded, you know, okay. fiery eyes, that type of thing. And I felt like in 3, she was bringing more of the Vulcan thing to it. Ba- based on um, other actresses playing Vulcan, I, I've tempered my judgment, and I, I think Robin Curtis does a fine job. I, I I really used to hate her a lot in in the role, but I have come to you know reevaluate her. She did she did an okay job, serviceable, uh, s- serviceable plus. Okay, you know, in, enjoyable, not great, but enjoyable. Not not to the point where it ruins the movie for me, which it it originally did. Like I said, this was a few years ago. I was showing my daughter the trilogy, and I'm watching Trek 3, and I'm like, you know what? Not only is this movie not that bad, but her performance isn't that bad. It's not near... I think Kirstie Alley had just kind of set the bar at a certain point, and I I had always compared the two. And, okay, take Kirstie Alley... Take this movie just as a standalone, and it's like, not bad. Good job. Not a great job, but a good job. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Yeah. So then um, that brings us to uh, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, which was basically a comedy. And actually, it was one of the first movies I saw with my wife. Really? Yep, it was that and Lethal Weapon. I have never seen any of the Lethal Weapon movies. Nothing against, nothing against the franchise, and, and I am a huge Joe Pesci fan, but I just have never sat down and seen any of those well, movies and, I, and I, usually when I say that at work they're like what what's wrong with you well and you know I was a big Mel Gibson fan though oh because of Mad Max well yeah go ahead Late, latest tangent um, my daughter was asking me about the Mad Max series she wants to know should, should she watch she's thinking about watching them but should she watch them in order or is there one that is better than the other two <sighs> you're, you're kind of my go-to expert on the subject. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm curious as to your recommendation. Uh, the first one, I mean, if she's looking to kind of get into it, let, let's look at it this way. If she really wants to, to see it, I would say see the second one. Now it is rather graphic yeah. in places. Oh, believe me, my daughter can... See the third one. You know, beyond Thunderdome, because that's probably the most accessible. Okay. And if at that point she's still interested, then go back and see the first one. Kind of like what there are people who recommend watching the Star Wars movies in a different order. I have heard that theory. 
they say watch um, A New Hope, episode four. Watch episode five. And that's where you get the big reveal that Vader is Luke's father. Right. Then go back and watch episode two and episode three. And then after you watch those, then watch Return of the Jedi. Interesting. So I would say, yeah, watch watch Road Warrior, um, Beyond Thunderdome. Then if you're, she's interested in the backstory, I'm not. So saying, that's how you see the first movie. It's more it's more interesting backstory, but not not essential to the. It's really not essential. Okay. Because if you if you really, I mean, the beginning of Road Warrior. Yeah. Well, they do have. Yeah, they, they have a little recap. recap. Okay. And Fury Road. I, I did not see that. Is is I, that any good? It's a little jarring to see Thomas Hardy or Tom Hardy playing Max. Yeah. Um, I mean, that movie, from the start to the end, it just never lets up. Oh, okay. It's and pretty I, pretty fast-paced, pretty hard-paced. Yeah. And oddly enough, it got, it got uh, nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars. Mad Max Fury Road did? Yep. Are you serious? Critics love this movie. Wow. I mean, I... I have it on DVD somewhere. Okay, I couldn't even. Like tell I said, she she approached me because she's like, "Yeah, I've heard about this this series, but I don't know which movie to do." And I and I said, "Well, you know what? Um, when we're recording, I'll I'll ask him because that's that's a franchise I know that's near and dear to your. I mean, I I like it. I don't embrace it with the passion you do, but I I told her I said I'll get his opinion on which one because I know they're. Again, kind of like what we're talking about this little trilogy with with Trek. Getting back to the original subject, mm-hmm. they're all three have very different flavors to them, right? You know, they're, they're, it's basically the same character, but three completely different. I mean, all in the same universe, but just the approach to each one is is completely unique. And I didn't know. Right now, we, I mean, Star Trek Four is, I mean. I, th- I used the word before. I think accessible. Yeah, it's it's a romp. Yeah, it, it's I, it, I, I I called it a comedy before, and that's really that's really misleading. It, it's very humorous, but it, it's a romp. It's it's, it's it does it, drag in a couple of places. Um, when they're going when they're first going back to the twentieth century, there's this weird artsy thing, and you know, I said I said I remember seeing that in the theater. And uh, I was just like, okay, th- this whole sequence could have been trimmed by about like three minutes, and I think it would still be just as effective. It it, it, it was, doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the movie. No, it sure doesn't. It, you're and you're right. Very artsy. It was like, okay, hey, we've got a couple million to spend on CGI. What should we do? Hey, let's throw in, the, you know, some fig, you know. Some figures of of their heads and all this sort of thing, and There's something that is that supposed to be a whale or what? And yeah, it's uh, it, it's actually a trope. And and if my if, when when we post this, I'll I'll see if I can get my daughter to listen to it. But this is one of my daughter's favorite tropes. It's called the big lipped alligator moment, or blam. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, I forget. Which, uh, it's one of the Disney movies where they have these, oh, no, it's, um, I think it's one of the Don Bluth films. They had this whole musical number that has these big lip alligators, and it's this big production number. It has nothing to do with the rest of the, and it just, it just stands out like, 
what the hell was that that we just saw? So, yeah, it's it's one of those types of things where it's like, okay, that whole, not the entire thing, but so much of that could have been excised out and it actually would probably improve the the film. But uh yeah, like I said, it it's a romp. It's it's more like, okay, the we've got now we've got Spock back from, you know, he died in Star Trek 2, search for Spock, got him back. Now it's simply the voyage home. And really it's if you think about it, it's misleading because only like 10 minutes of the thing is actually about the voyage home. It's more yeah, like yeah. a funny thing happened on the way to Starfleet. Is is probably would have been a better title. <laughs> Comedy tonight. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, calling it a comedy, I, I will correct myself. It's really not a comedy. It's more just like a straightforward um, fish out of water story. Fish out of water story, an adventure with a lot of comic overtones. A lot, a lot of good, um, a lot of good character moments in this movie. I think. Yeah, and there were actually some that didn't make the uh, didn't make the final cut. I I have heard of uh, there's there's like some added scenes and uh, not a director's cut, but you know there's there's some scenes that didn't make it. I've never gotten around. I've never gotten this um, any of these on DVD, which is my own fault. But yeah, I know you. I'm not even sure if on my DVDs over there they have the. Uh, well, while you go on, I'll go over and pick it up and see. Oh, okay. But uh, I I like Star Trek four very much. I I think it's a it's a I'll tell you if you if you know anybody that is younger or new to fandom and you want a good access point for getting into it, I think Trek four is arguably one of the best movies as far as there's nothing really. There's nothing really tragic that happens. It's not too violent. Uh, it's a, it's a fun little movie. I I could agree with that. And uh, you know the the whole save the whales thing I think is uh, a little heavy handed. I would say freaking hippies. Yeah that 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 ruin. I won't say it ruins it for me, but uh, um. So then okay, so now we're we've got got Spock back. Everybody's back in Starfleet. We're one big happy fleet. That leads us to Star Trek Five, or or the Enterprise meets God, <laughs> and boy is he pissed. <laughs> or somebody forgot to leave their ego at the door. Yeah, well, I mean, I I gotta say, I have I have always, I would never admit this to either one of them, but I've always secretly admired the uh, the favored nation status that um, Shatner and Nimoy had built into their contracts. I've always thought it was brilliant. Oh, how Bas- so? Well, basically, the favored nation uh, clause is whatever one of them wants, the other one has to get too, eventually. Now, mind you, obviously, they're not even doing the franchise anymore, so... But... Um, it was funny because Nimoy directed three and four, and his biggest supporter and biggest, most cooperation on set was Shatner, because Shatner knew if he's a success, that means I get to direct. 
So I've always thought that was kind of brilliant the way they had that set up. Problem is Shatner did not um, did not have a good script to start with. No, I mean there were some there were some really good performances in it. I will say yes. That I that's mean, why I say this this whole curse thing. I think you're you're cherry picking, you know, the bad parts to try and make it fit that narrative. I will agree. There are some really nice performances in this movie, but the you, you had a, you had kind of a mess of a script to to start with. I don't think anything could have really salvaged it as far as it's it's easily the worst one we've seen since the first movie. It's it's a little too all over the place. Yeah. I mean I honestly, um what's his name? Lawrence Luckenbill, who played Cybok. Yeah. I mean it, if I'm sure if I were to have read the script he did a heck of a lot with some really crappy dialogue. Uh yeah. I again I think I think his performance given what you know the whole thing was about I I think his performance is fine but you know there's a big difference between you know doing you you can have the worst actor in the world doing Shakespeare but you could have the greatest actor in the world doing you know Star Trek 5 Star Trek 5 yeah you know so uh, I I the, I don't want to be again. I really don't want to be negative about it. Uh, if you if you're looking for the good parts of anything, um, I would agree with that. The performances were uh, pretty good. Again, not great, but enough to salvage it to make it at least somewhat watchable. And um, now that leads us into uh, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, which. I would say actually had the opposite problem. I think the script was fine. I think I got the sense of the original cast being a little bit tired. Phoning it in. Eh, that that makes it sound overly critical. I just feel like everybody was sort of like, okay, we're, we're getting older. The, well, they referenced that in the... Uh yeah, it, it exactly. But at that point, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think uh, Next Generation uh, had started at that point. I believe so because there is a reference at the end of the movie, something to the effect of. I haven't um, seen uh, Star Trek Six in a long, long time. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to remember, and I'm sure I'm probably paraphrasing. I'm, I'm positive I'm paraphrasing, but something like, "Well, we'll just leave it to a new generation." Yeah. And I, I definitely got the sense of okay, the the next gen, the, literally and figuratively, the next generation is taking over. Let's try and go out on a high note. So let's let's try and um, let's try and you know just make it make it a good um, and and from what I had under what I had read uh, in different books and biographies of the cast members um they all really enjoyed doing six they felt like it was definitely a rebound from five uh well, shatner had, didn't piss anybody off so that was a good thing they brought nick mayer back which i don't know why they let him go in the first place because he was a he was an integral part of what made the franchise work for me looking back mm-hmm. Um, well, he kind of stripped it all down to its core and said, okay, this is what works, this is what doesn't work. Yeah, which, you know, that's an underrated uh, skill set 
is being able to look at the big picture and say, okay, you know what? Yeah, this is all fine, self-indulgent, but it's crap. Let's get to the part, you know, everybody really loves. So hats off to Nick Mayer always for that. Um, so that was the the last one of the original ones, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. So then, uh, and I'm only going to touch, so you had uh, Star Trek Generations, which was the crossover between uh, the original yeah, series. Yeah, well, the only, one, the only ones that showed up from the original were um, Kirk, Scotty, and Chekhov. Yeah, and I, that's the one. I'm just sorry. It it really never did anything for me. Um, that, was that the one uh, Kirk gets killed? Yeah, and funny story. I saw that in the theaters with my wife. Right. And now, at, the, at that point, my wife did not, did not like Shatner. Okay. But when it happened to Kirk, she actually teared up. Really? And I'm like, really? I said, well... It's an iconic character, and it's and he's dead. Okay, I can see that. Okay. So, come on. Who's going to say that Captain Kirk's not iconic? Not as iconic as Spock, who, you know. I would I would say mo- the average person, when thinking of Star Trek, you know, the, the average non-fan is probably going to think of Spock before. Oh, yeah, Shatner. but still. But, um, yeah, I, I felt... I felt Generations didn't know... It didn't know what type of movie it wanted to be. It should have embraced both worlds, but I felt it like for five minutes, its its original series or original franchise, and for five minutes, its next generation. It really did not merge the two. Well, plus the story was very convoluted, right? So, like I said, I I kind of dismissed that one as. I think it's actually one of the worst movies in the entire Trek movie franchise. If I'm being, I can see that. If, if I'm being honest with you, now in this case though, they rebounded nicely with the next one, which was uh, first, contact. first contact. Yeah, yeah, that one was okay. That one was okay. It had, uh, uh, it 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 had a decent script. Although, I, and if I'm being honest here, I haven't seen that one in quite a while. That's actually one of the ones I haven't seen in the longest while because they had shown uh, the next one in the series, Nemesis, about a no, year. Next one was Insurrection, which just oh, by the fact that you didn't remember that oh, yeah. goes to prove what a great movie that was. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, like I said, Next Generation I don't think has done very well um, on the big screen. It hasn't. I mean, Insurrection, the movie, just... It just feels like an extended TV episode to me. That's all. I think. Okay, here, here here's a, a terrible here, story. Here here's a theory of mine. Now, when we're talking about the original series, the the big thing from fans for since since the thing was canceled is that it should have gone it should have gone more seasons. They try they brought it back for season three, tried to bring it back for season four and failed. And one thing I've heard from different fandoms throughout the years is that, oh, if only, if only, if only. I think we can see by Star Trek The Next Generation, you can go too long as well. Well, sure. Because, I'm sorry, percentage-wise, 
Next Generation really misses misses the boat on a lot of episodes. There's a lot of garbage episodes of well, Next yeah, Generation. Well, you can you can what if all you want about if there'd have been an original series season four, right? Have these people really watched a lot of the season three episodes? That's kind of where I was going with it. It mm-hmm. it, but the the as I said, you look at a lot of the the really bad stuff that next generation dished out and i would say that insurrection and yes nemesis are they're they're really overextended bad episodes of the original series nemesis was nothing but them trying to get do their version of the wrath of khan i saw a lot of parallels and and i was not happy with any of them yeah i i would agree with that totally so that pretty much put that to bed um I don't see anybody clamoring for any type of next generation reunion thing or anything. So I think that's pretty much put out to pasture. But now, interestingly enough, you know, a few years later, we had the the Star Trek reboot movie. I guess you'd call it. What, what, what would you? Because um, it kind of rebooted. Reimagining. Reimagining. Okay, I can I can roll with that. With uh, Chris Pine and uh, Zachary Quinto as Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Leonard Nimoy is Spock. At, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, which was, that was interesting how they brought that all back together. Oh, and they tied it into the original universe, too. Yeah, so it was literally not only a reimagining, but um, the entire universe sort of starting over because of the, the whole time travel thing. Um, I liked the first movie. I, I thought it was actually, I, I didn't, I like Chris Pine a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. And and it's funny because I see him in other things now, and I'm like, oh, that's that's the new Kirk. Because he was oh, – what was I watching? Oh, uh, my wife and daughter were watching that the live-action Cinderella movie they came out with a year or so ago. It was on – Okay, I, I saw that. Yeah, it was on cable, and I guess Chris Pine is, is in it. Into the Woods. No. What the no, hell? he was not in the Cinderella movie. He was in – they they did a thing with oh, Meryl no, I, Streep no, into the woods. I'm yeah, you're right. No, we, what were we watching? Uh, Princess Diaries two. Okay, had that on. He's he plays some jerk in there, and um, he he does okay for Kirk. Not not so much in in other roles, but um, I thought okay, this I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was just going to be, what's the point of this crap? And well, at least they didn't go the Starsky and Hutch route. Where it's making fun of itself? Right, because there was a lot of fear out there. That's the way they, they were going to go. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to get meta. I thought it was going to be kind of a self-parody. And I thought, especially bringing Leonard Nimoy on board, I felt it was actually... Pretty respectful of the source material. It, it was paying homage to it while still trying to do something new with it, okay. which I, I really liked. And then you had the second movie, and it, it just lost it for me. The you, Wrath of Khan again, almost literally. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I, and we just talked about this a few minutes ago. Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan is such a goddamn perfect movie. It was almost insulting to me that that okay you're you're so you're saying this is what happened instead no 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 well no. I'm I'm no 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 <laughs> I'm going to be very interested to see the next 
the next one in that particular series. Oh, what is, are they going to remake a new one? or, or, or? Simon Pegg wrote it. Are you freaking serious? I am serious. Man, you just brought me on board hard. Hard, dude. I am such a Simon Pegg fan. I Oh, wow. Yeah. So Okay. We'll see what happens. I Okay. I, I was I was really ready to write it off after the the second Into Darkness was it called? Into Darkness. Well, what's, we might as well say Star Trek 2 2. <laughs> what's the new one supposed to be called? I I I Star Trek Beyond, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Star Trek Beyond. Peg wrote it. Wow. I, I you've literally just blown my mind cuz that's the first I'm hearing of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. As long as they get rid of the lens flare. Which, funny story about that. All right, I, I watched... The, I think people are finally getting over the whole lens flare. It's like, well, we know I, you can do it. I, I was watching a DVD copy of that. It was a um, critic screener that okay. I was watching. And I thought maybe it was just a bad copy. Because I had already seen it in theaters. Right. And then I'm watching it on the on the dvd yeah and i just kept seeing all this i thought it was just a bad copy of the movie no and that was a big thing that everybody was afraid of with the new star wars all this lens flare right and in the first couple of minutes of the movie there is a scene where there's all this lens flare and i'm like oh man not this crap again it's it's just one of these trendy effects it's it's one of these things like there's certain special effects you see like in stuff from the 70s and I, and I can't point to specific examples, but there's certain cinematography techniques and certain things that you immediately think 70. And the same is true for the 80s. Sure. I feel lens flare is going to be like new millennium thing. It's just going to be uh, like, God forbid we're still alive, you know, 30 years from now. We're going to see lens flare in a movie and immediately think, oh, that's that's from the aughts. Yeah. But anyway. So. Oh, anyway. But yeah, I I love Simon Pegg. Um, I've I've said this before, and this you watch watch how I do this. Watch how I do this. I've said before several times that uh, I think he would make an excellent Doctor Who. I could see that. I and and it would work on two levels because where do you come from? Do they have sandwiches? <laughs> well, they've established with this. Uh, this last season that the doctor takes faces that he's seen before. Well, he's seen that face before because he was on that uh, in um, the series. I think it was a series one episode because it was an Eccleston episode, wasn't it? God, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, it had the big tentacle thingy up. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like at the end of the of time or something like that. I can. But yeah, he Peg's been on there, so... And that, that well, he's a big geek like everybody else. Oh, absolutely, and I and I love I that. Mean, he he dropped. He was getting ready to do some project, and he dropped it because he's like, "I'm going to be Scotty." Who could blame him? <laughs> and and he he looks nothing like Jimmy Doing, but oh my god, I thought he he just hit it out of the park with his well, performance. Yeah. Well, he I mean he paid homage, but he brought his own thing to him. He made him a lot snarkier, which was not snarky, but. Um, where he got in his face in the second one, or yeah, even just that whole scene with that, with that thing. You you can eat a bean. You're done for like a week. I always felt there was a lot of. It, it made sense to me on a lot of levels because I always felt Scotty was actually more like that, and they just cut it out. 
Whereas okay. I felt like this was more okay. We're we're just gonna let him go, and and yeah, that that worked for me on a lot of levels. I like this ship. It's exciting. <laughs> Do you have a towel? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, right. But that leads me into uh, what I think we're going to be talking about uh, next time. We're going to is now going to be somewhat of a tradition. Uh, we're going to do uh, our series nine uh, Doctor Who post game wrap up, and maybe maybe touch on a couple other uh, parts of the Hooniverse. And, uh, and hopefully, my blood pressure will be down by then. Because <laughs> when he tossed this subject, go ahead and tell him what my reaction was. No, 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 no. No, not, not not to the subject itself. Just we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's all good. It's all it's all good in the hood, or in the hood, or in the oud. Uh, you're stretching. Yeah, that's a creaking sound you're hearing. Anyway, um, so if they want to contact us again, geeks explain it all at gmail dot com. And you know what? You can always record something and send it to us, too. And We'd be more than happy to put it in. Absolutely. And uh, until we hear from you or you hear from us again, uh, this is Stratosphere. And D-Dope. And just remember, folks, just because it's pop... Don't mean it ain't culture. Later, kids. Bye.